Okay, so well, hello, welcome. welcome to the Anna and Jay show. Untitled. Untitled. And again, we are bad at our jobs. We need to edit the episodes that we, we filmed before, but it'll be and done. And it'll be funny. It'll Don't be worry. funny. Hopefully, we hope. We're here on a really windy we, hill. Yeah, I think the so, windy hill is the greatest place to talk about intergenerational, intergenerational families. families. I think there's just generational families and intergenerational, intergenerational families. And the difference is whether you open the door on your grandpa pissing in the morning or not. This is true. Yeah. That's a very big I mean, difference it's there. It's a big difference. It's awful. A big... <laughs> I feel like... I don't know. I feel like my family is an intergenerational family. Mm-hmm. My great-grandma and grandma live next to us. My grandma back in Burkina Faso, where my dad's from... A lot of people live at her house. My mom is Chinese. Yes. My dad was born in rural Ontario. The intergenerational, like seeing my mom's side every week was something we always did. I mean, it'd be every week there was a dinner. It was to be expected. On my dad's side, it was like twice a year. But I think it'd be cool for this episode to interview our respective maternal old people. I think that's a great idea. I think we should. And just like, let's put a pause here. And we'll be back. We'll be back. I love singing. I want to meet all the singers. I doesn't know any politics. Step to the China, then this is the bourgeoisie. In short, that is the fate. Mm. Nothing complain. My grandma, she loves to be professorial. She yeah. loves to be in these positions where she's explaining things, she's imparting wisdom, she yes. likes to be, she likes to tell stories. She said living through the Cultural Revolution, there were so many people who turned their backs on her. She wasn't treated well. She was the bourgeoisie because she was a foreign devil because she was from Singapore. And she kind of got trapped because she wanted to see some singer in in China and then they took away her passport and they're like, you are stuck here. (sighs) But I think she just loves animals. Like she likes, she tells a story about these turtles who she saw. And then there was another thing about a chicken because she didn't have food. So the chicken would lay her an egg. This chicken was very kind to me. Even the chicken also know how to protect me. Face swallowed because nothing to eat, you know? Mm. And then I cook the medicine and then I too tired the medicine all wrong, black. And then I just crying there and then go to sleep and the chicken sit on the sofa to accompany me. <sighs> That's a true story. I got you know Popo Mikala. says that people who are bitter and angry live longer. Yeah. Especially if you're mean. In the interview, my grandma talks about how there's this old lady, her name was Mrs. Batson, and Mrs. Batson would just sit on her porch. If you look, if you didn't speak to her, she would call and say that that little girl here didn't speak to me today. Oh my gosh. You had to respect her because she was an old lady. Mm-hmm. And I walked from school and I passed her house because I had to cross the street. And you always said hi. Well, I did one day, and boy, she she told on me too. There's types, like that's like a type. That right, you that's know, like like right? a that lady is so like I've never met Mrs. Batson, but I but know like, that lady. Know that lady. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, I always felt you know even as an adult. Yeah. Jeanette was a safe place to be. Got it. It had family. It was a community of black people. Uh-huh. I knew every. You know, <laughs> they were just like extended family. You know, I awesome. called everybody aunt and uncle. And the bigger kids, they would watch out for us. Like I asked her, did you feel safe in that neighborhood? Especially in a time where it was like there was a lot of racism. It was still segregation, right? And she yeah. lived in Pennsylvania, so it was a little bit more loosened up, but like not that much. And so she said that whenever she was around her family and having her family everywhere, like mm-hmm. around the block, that made 
made her feel safe. There has been a rise of intergenerational households. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The early 1900s, right? Yeah. It was like very intergenerational households, right? Mm -hmm. In the 50s and 60s, specifically in the U.S., there was a dip because it was the emphasis on single family homes. Single family. But we're falling back into intergenerational households because of the housing crisis. Another reason was there was just the pandemic. Yeah. Like people don't want their grandparents to go to senior homes because yep. they're afraid they're going to get sick. So yep. a lot of people just moved in with their grandparents. Single family living, because it kind of became the norm in a way. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost frowned upon. Like if I were to say... Oh. I'm I live with back my parents. In with my parents. They're like, right? whoa, this is terrible. Like, whoa, whoa. He's like, <laughs> like, if I was to describe someone to you, I'd yes, be like, no, he's nice, he's living with his parents, and, you'd and be you're like, like I'm not going to oh, date that person. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> be like, oh, what? It's considered unattractive. Intergenerational families, like, a lot of grandparents give childcare. My mom needed a lot of help when my brother and I were born because she was, like, a doctor, and so she was on call, and she was working crazy hours. When I was very, very young, my dad took care of us. He was a house husband. Mm -hmm. But when he started like learning English and trying for jobs, then he was like needed to be gone. Yeah. So my grandma flew in and she really helped like my parents. I read a statistic. Old oh. people are some of the loneliest people right now. No shit. So are people aged 18 to 25. <gasps> the generations have kind of almost closed themselves off from one another. And they're all very lonely. But I almost feel like it would be healthier if people were More mixed around. together yeah. in the same spaces doing things. So I feel like old people and young people have a lot that they could share with each other. A hundred percent. I think my grandma's always trying to teach me something. While we may clash on some subjects, I uh -huh. think that a lot of other subjects, they offer really important advice. Like my great grandmother, though she does have some misogynistic tendencies, is very, very focused on women in education. She didn't get to finish high school. Oh, because wow. she got pregnant. Yeah. She is always like, just do your study. You know, like very grandma. When she was young, mm -hmm. even if she wanted to, she couldn't go to college because mm -hmm. they're barely letting black people in college, let alone yeah. black women. Like the Little Rock mm -hmm. Nine didn't even happen yet. So like she yeah. was in a time where it was not even dreamed about. If you look up intergenerational, yes. a lot of discussion around that whole topic is about intergenerational trauma. Yes. I have seen many plays. Movies. Disney recently has really shifted gears in one, representing a lot of cultures, but also grabbing family trauma and addressing mm -hmm. it. I think that like a movie that dealt with that super well was Everything Everywhere All at Once. <gasps> For sure. And because, and you know why I think Did it was you hear that? Really... Those meme orgasm that was because her. this movie is so I watched it with Annabelle and you you could not stop crying I at lost the end. myself she was in tears in the seat stop the <laughs> I don't know when the that was the last time that I felt that way watching a movie I am not it a Chinese it, woman <laughs> I am not a middle-aged Chinese woman yeah. but the themes transcend for sure because there was so much going on in that movie, but one of the parts was the intergenerational plot line. It actually had this arc of like healing, some kind of catharsis, versus I think a lot of people can get very, like very cynical when it comes to intergenerational trauma. Yeah. Like it's unavoidable, this is what I've inherited. And, and I... like, like unchangeable. Yeah, it's unchangeable, it's like predetermined. It is... The cycle will keep continuing, it will never end. And I feel like that movie, it took the cycle and it just like grabbed onto it and it like just had this arc of, of healing and just right. everyone speaking 
their truth. Their truth. Because I feel like with intergenerational trauma, like even in my family, mm. people, their response, this is how I see it. People go, oh, I don't want to show anyone that this has happened to me mm-hmm. because it was so hard on me. I don't yeah. want to have to expose the people in the younger generations to what I had to go through. Yeah. So they don't say anything. They yeah. keep it to themselves. They hold it in. Mm-hmm. And then inadvertently, that's actually what causes it to keep getting passed down. Right. Instead of and speaking then it, 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 it out. it spills out in other ways. In other ways, exactly. Yeah. My thing is like in order to have healing, you first need to have the truth. Yes. The truth needs to come out. Whatever you experienced, you need to get that. You need to tell people. And talk about it. And talk about it. And talk to your kids. Exactly. I think part of breaking the cycle, I mean, so many people think like, oh, like, I need to carry all this myself. And like, how is that going to benefit my child or or me, myself? Like, just telling people all this stuff that I had to, that I went through. So in a way, then we kind of numb ourselves a lot of the time. And it's almost like it's easier. It's almost like that's an excuse Because really to look at yourself and to really be vulnerable and and that's very, very difficult. It's very painful. It's Um, even more painful than just kind of going through life and not thinking about it. And putting your head down and not... Yeah. yeah. Or saying, I'm being strong. I'm going to hold this all together forever. I'm going to bear everything, which is what a lot of people do. It's harder to look at yourself and it's harder to really open up and be able to do that. That's just really painful. It's hard and a lot of people don't know how. Yeah, people don't know how. Because their parents didn't even attempt to... Didn't attempt. And there's no... They haven't seen an example of it. No. They don't know. They don't know, right? So it's incredibly difficult. And I think that this trauma of, like, I have to be a man. I have to bear everything. Pummeled into this cycle. Like, I think my dad changed his approach to my brother. Because my brother likes going out at night and hanging out with all his little friends. Mm -hmm. And my dad would be very angry. And he's like, I don't want you to go out at night. I don't want... Right? Like, he started going to therapy and he started, like, vocalizing his thing. He was like, when you are at night by yourself, you are more prone to get pulled over by a police officer. Mm -hmm. We don't know where you are or what is happening and we can't help you. Yeah. That is a fear every time I go to bed Mm -hmm. when you're not at our house. And then Logan, I think, got the memo of why. The thing about family trauma is a lot of people, especially children see these behaviors Mm -hmm. and they don't know why these behaviors are this way. But I feel like with openness and honesty from parents can make it seem less in the dark out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of cultures, Mm -hmm. parents, I'm going to say men at least, don't know or don't, like fathers don't really know or or want to show their love for their Mm -hmm. kids or they show it in a specific way that is outlined for men. My dad was like, I feel like feeding you, for me, making sure you have food every day, working hard, slaving away is Mm -hmm. my way of giving you love. I, I feel like it's, there are different expressions of love. These things are universal. I think we share these things. Love, these kind of things. Like, But they're just expressed differently across cultures. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the times where we can go wrong and like, even like this whole discussion of being vulnerable, opening up, mm-hmm. there's different ex- there's different ways to do that. Yeah. But I think a lot of the times we will get caught up in like maybe a certain way that's like, kind of like the Western, like the, yeah, like, where I it's like, it. I need to, you need to like hug someone. You and, need to hug your kid. Yeah, hug your kid, tell them I love you. And I'm yeah. like, 
I don't know. I kind of push. Like, I tell people, like, oh, I grew up in a house where I never really heard I love you. Yeah. I, I didn't. I and don't people think are it's. Like, <gasps> people are like, oh. And I'm like, I don't think it really caused that much of an issue for me. Like, yeah. you know, I, I knew that love was there. It was just, it doesn't need to be spoken, you know? That act of being vulnerable, that act yeah. of opening up, that act of, of loving, mm-hmm. those all can still happen. They don't need to happen in one way or another. They happen in, in the way that feels right to you. So my mom had like an alcoholic dad and he was nice at the beginning. It's just yeah. that alcoholism ravaged his being. Mm-hmm. So, so she would like put him in a nursing home, set up a house for him. And I'd be like, why do you do this for him? How could you see him as a person? And I think my whole experience with my dad in therapy, he, d- he does some things that are a little crazy, but I just love him still. Yeah. My mom said to me, she says, but you know, it's just my dad. And I was young. I was like, the f- "What the fuck does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. Your dad sucks. That's what it means." I think I came to her like two years ago. I kind of get what she means by that. For me, it felt like so simple to cut one line, one string for my mom, yeah. being like, "Shouldn't talk to him again. Shouldn't do anything for him." Because yeah. now he's like a senile old man that doesn't even know who anyone is, and, and she oh, still I visits see. him. But now, as an adult, I realize that there's this intertwining set of like webs that are just constantly glued mm-hmm. to each other. Where unpacking family trauma is really hard mm-hmm. and complicated. And it isn't snip snip. I was talking about that weird temporality of living with our grandparents or yeah. even talking to them. It's weird to think about because I was also thinking about like the roles that they play in our lives. Yeah. And like the role that my grandma plays, the role <laughs> that my mom plays, that my dad plays, grandpa plays. Yeah. It's weird because it's like eventually we're going to be playing those roles ourselves. Right? And I think that life is like college. For sure. Where I arrive and I'm so young and spirited and then I meet seniors that are like, ugh, whatever. <laughs> seniors are so just unimpressed yes. by like everything. Mm-hmm. But that's what puppies do. Like, you know, in dog yeah. behavior, puppies, <laughs> everything... Dog behavior. Because in dog behavior, puppies, everything's exciting. You, you, and you look at an old hound, and they're just like... Like, they have <laughs> they're nothing. Just, they're unbothered. They're just... I dread being the senior that is on the brink of facing real life. And so I feel this mix of emotions that I wonder if I will feel when I'm old, where it's envy of being in that spot of start starting something new and being at the mm-hmm. beginning of a journey, but also grateful that I don't have that naivete because yeah. I always want to be the ingenue, the person who just arrived. So. In a way, that's still always occurring. You're always yeah. going to be the new person to whatever stage of life you're at. I mean, depending on, like, you're going to be the new person when you start your job. You're going to be the new person when you, if you have kids. Everything's going to be new. Well, you're going to be new when your knees start to crack when you bend down. And you're like, oh, I can't walk. My knees to crack. Exactly. And you're going to be new when your kids have kids. If they have kids. If you had kids, I don't know, whatever. (laughs) This is, you know, this is a lot of hypotheticals. And the longer you go, you're going to have more of a perspective to look back. Yeah. But you're still always going to be the new person. But also being new is hard because you're being a freshman has a lot of anxieties. And when you're a freshman, you think I can't wait until I'm adjusted. 
But everything is always everywhere, and it's always hard, no matter Wait, where. Wait, are you saying that everything is everything. everywhere all at once? <laughs> Dad always told me this funny story. There's a guy, and he's one out of four kids. Okay. Their dad is dying, and he's old. And they're all debating what they should do. The son is like, this is not worth it. This, we need to leave this man in the forest and forget about him. And the daughter's like, no, we have to take care of our dad. Like, that's our duty. They did a vote. She was outvoted. And they abandoned their dad in the forest. The brother, when he was very old, he was walking around his house when he rounded the corner and he saw his kids huddling up and talking. He hid to listen to what they were talking about. He had four kids and they all stood around saying, hey, this guy's not worth it. We don't need to take care of him. We need to abandon him in the forest. He walked over and he went to go see his sister. And his sister was well taken care of by her grandkids. And in that moment, the older brother was very regretful. And then he was thrown into the forest. Oh, that's so sad. But or the thing is, also, she, the sister might have been crazy and, like, really hard to take care of. Exactly. It's not that sweet image that the brother might have just stumbled upon. But also, exactly. it's not great to cast them into the forest. <laughs> so... Both options suck. Both options And the moral of the story is pick the option that sucks less for you. The moral of the story is die young. Die young. <laughs> and Have people remember you as beautiful. As beautiful and young. And say, and oh, nice they, they went too soon. Because <laughs> if you don't go too soon, <laughs> then you become an inconvenience. <laughs> exactly. They stayed too late. There's no in-between where they went at the right time. You either, you either go too soon or you ruin everyone else's life. Which is what happens. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, if you have an old person in your family, take care of Say them. hello to them. Take care of them. Call them. Call your grandma. People, you're old, you get lonely. I, Call I get your grandpa the, too. Talk to an old guy on the street. Talk to an old guy on the street. Go up to an He's old person and now. say, you're my grandpa now. And he'll probably agree because <laughs> he has nothing else going for him. <laughs> he has nothing else going on <laughs> right sorry. now. I want my children to leave me in a forest because then at least I'll have something to gripe about, you know? <laughs> When I die, I'll say, look what they did to me. You know? If everyone was nice, then I'm just an inconvenience. So at least I have a purpose by having someone wrong me in some way. Anyways, this is, these are my thoughts. Okay. But, uh... This is Banana and Jay. This is Banana and Jay. If this you is actually are listening and you are not either of our mothers, I commend you. I commend you. probably the only listener. You can email us and we will respond. We will. I we will respond. we have nothing better to do. I, if, if there is a letter, I will respond to I it. will write you back a handwritten letter. If you I send can't me promise your, that. I'll I won't. You. Actually, no. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I was uh, really that was regretting saying that. a lot of promise. You come to visit me, huh? Oh, love you, love your, your mom, your dad. If I go to the heaven, I will also protect all of you. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, will say good luck, good health, okay? Yes, huh? yes. Take good, good care luck, of yourself. Health. When you arrive to school, just call Bobo, understand? Okay. Oh, okay. okay. I'm just a happy, thankful person. Yeah. I, and I feel so blessed with the kids I have. That's great. I think that's like all you can ask for, you know? That's right. Now my kids are... Instead of not liking them. And they're not perfect now. They're not perfect. No, none of us are. We're actually, a lot of us are crazy, so... <laughs> like... <laughs>